Hey guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, the MFCEO.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio podcast brought to you by Sickwix. Sickwix.com is where you can get the best candles in the business, literally have the Flat River Grand Prix motorcycle race candle burning in my hand right now. Absolutely love it. Smells amazing. It's got that wood wick. It's, it, it, it pops and crackles like you've got a real bonfire happening in your living room. You've got to get yourself one. Sickwicks.com. Check it out. You also have to, while you're on the internet, you're going to check out sickwicks.com. You might as well go over to thecollectivexp.com and scroll through. What you would find is the best experience you can have with a Supercross race. Yeah, you can go to a race. You can sit in the stands. You can watch your favorite racers do their thing. You can even get a pit pass so that you can wait in line at 2 o'clock uh, to, to get an autograph from one particular team. Maybe you want Eli Tomac's uh, autograph. You'll automatically get Joey Savacci's uh, autograph by default. But if you want to get yourself an experience like no other, just get pulled into a racer's program, talk about race strategy, do some filming, go back and forth, and maybe even grab yourself a jersey before you leave the, the pits that day, you need to check out the collective experience. Dave Drakes is a buddy of mine over at the Collective Experience. He will step you through all of it. He's always on scene to make sure that all of the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed. You guys need to check out thecollectivexp.com. Do it today. And we're excited to announce, as of today at 3 o'clock, we, were, we got a positive RSVP from Jay Hartenbach, the CEO of Medterra CBD. He's going to be coming on the podcast telling you guys all about the features and benefits of CBD products as well as we have now partnered with Medterra CBD. Very excited about this and you can lock in promo code BIGMXRADIO15 for 15% off your entire order. Do it today. Check out those three websites, MedterraCBD.com, TheCollectiveExp.com, as well as SickWix.com. I am your host. Brad Gebhardt, I apologize for the extra long intro on this one, but very excited about the supporters that, that helped me out so much on this, this podcast, so I can continue cranking out three, four, five podcasts sometimes every single week. I'm excited to chat with this guy on the phone. We do it on a weekly basis. We, he's at the races. I'm watching them from afar. He's in the trenches. I'm up here where it's minus 52 degrees Celsius and Fahrenheit, uh, mind you. His name is Dave Drakes, and he's here back on the podcast for another week. How's it going, Dave? Going good, man. I uh, wish it was a little warmer where I am, but you know, at least it's not <laughs> negative 52 like it's up there. But uh, yeah, man, I'm just pumped to talk about some races and dig into this thing. Heck yeah, man. It's it's a bit cold out here, but it's a good thing that I'm spitting fire here on the microphone, getting pumped up for the Oakland Supercross review. It's on the doorstep. It's on the docket. Let's dive into it. Let's talk about the 450s here. A sweep. For KTM, we haven't seen a sweep in the 450 class since going back to 2010, I believe. We had uh, a, a few guys get to the top, uh, all three, st- all three steps of the podium in, on Hondas. It's never happened on on, on uh, KTM's or Husqvarna's, for that matter, in the 450 class or the 250 class, for that matter. And uh, we saw it this weekend. It took a lot to get it there, but it was led by the way of the guy who's gone back to back. Repeat winner, your first guy to win two 450 Supercrosses on the air. Cooper Webb takes the win, the points lead. 
how do you do it? Man, Cooper rode incredibly well, you know, and you and I were uh, talking about it a little bit, little bit before we uh, went on air. Mm -hmm. um, Cooper just looks super solid, man. If you would have told us that he was going to be the first back-to-back -back winner in 2019, I'm sure a lot of people would have told you you're crazy. Yeah, um, you're sniffing man, blue. He looked six weeks ago. Exactly. That, no, yeah, no one, no one can assume it's coming. I mean, um, given the the um, the past couple of seasons that he's had, um, and even the raid that he had where he, where he won in the trip the first triple crown in um, A2, um, he, he looked good, but you know people kind of thought, all right, maybe a little the flu, maybe just felt good that day. But man, he's proven those guys wrong. Um, he looked super good, and I think this is one of the first times where we've seen a person besides Eli Tomac pull an Eli Tomac type uh, type lead because there were um, spots in the race where he was almost a straight away and a half ahead of uh, the guy in second place. So um, he's really, really masterful ride, man. Looks super fluid, super confident. His bike looks like looks like it's uh, going going good for him. Like he didn't make a you know miscue or misstep at all. It was super, super cool to see. Um, you know, like Cooper Webb could be asserting himself as the, the best dominator so far. Oh, he's, he's definitely, uh, he, he's been most successful, especially over the last uh, two rounds where he's just been on fire, winning races, check, taking checkered flags. He looks like a completely different guy. What do you make of uh, his lead sort of evaporating in the last few laps? Um, is, that, is that a fitness thing? Is that a kind of victim of the track breaking down and making some mistakes and leading your first full 450 uh, main event? Like, or is it a culmination of all those things where maybe you're getting a little tired, maybe you're holding on a little bit too tight, maybe this is the first time you're actually leading a full 450 main event, and uh, oh, uh, Marvin Muskan's breathing down your neck, and uh, you know he has a good motorcycle, because you're on one too. <laughs> uh, I think it was a, com a combination of things. So, I mean, if you, if you look at um, just the, the overall pressure of winning an overall um, Supercross race, you know, not not really more so like a triple crown where you win one, you get second one, third and one, then you kind of get that win. Um, but this was a flat out, you know, single main event win, which is um, it's pretty huge. I think a little bit of the nerves from that and just trying to ride a little bit more conservative and not throw it away because that track was deteriorating, which is another variable to throw in there. Um, that plus, um, I, I think him just trying to. Um, He's trying to meter out that, that gap a little bit, looking over shoulder maybe a little too much. Um, and just all those things kind of working against him a little bit. Um, Marvin, not to take anything away from, from, um, from Cooper or Marvin, but Marvin was on a, on a tear, man. I think in the last maybe five laps, he just found another gear. His corners were a lot smoother, and he was kind of comboing the track in, um, in, in some pretty effective uh, ways. So seeing him come through some of those turns and some of the rhythms he was doing and just um, the time it took to get from one obstacle to another – um, which is something that a lot of guys were talking about, you know, especially that, uh, that jack and back type feature, um, leading into that right hander and that first rhythm section, the time it takes to get from one thing to another, a lot of people were kind of struggling with because the track was a little slippery. Then you would get traction in one spot and be a little bit more slippery. So just all of those things, Marvin, uh, seemed to have that dial just a little bit better than Cooper and was able to tick away at the, at the gap he had. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think Cooper did what he had to do to get the win, obviously, but um, yeah, I think it was just a just a mix of just a lot of different things going on at once, and he just so desperately wanted to get that win, wanted to meter out the lead, wanted to make sure he managed the track well, and then he did not throw this win away stupidly. So, hats off to him. Um, you know, I think another couple of laps, Marvin would have caught him, but hey, at least he can enjoy the victory for for this weekend. Heck yeah, and and just he he looked dominant. Uh, good times in in practice throughout the day. 
Um, he just looks like a different guy. A little, a little bit, a bit more like kind of swagger in your walk. Uh, he's got that smirk, you know. He's like, like almost very reminiscent of 2016 uh, Webb, where he just could have sort of 50 feet tall and bulletproof. Couldn't you couldn't knock him off that, and it showed in his results that particular year. He was pretty much untouchable, and with a, a damaged wrist, still uh, took home the outdoor title uh, in in the 250s, and also defended his uh, his. His Supercross title that year, he was uh, he was the guy to beat. I think he's getting back to that. I still think he's a little bit of an unpolished diamond when it comes to uh, to Supercross on a 450. Um, by by no means do I think he's going to rattle off uh, nine wins this year, but I think he's going to be a thorn in the side uh, of anybody who uh, tries to challenge him for this championship. Now he's got a two point lead over Ken Roxon and a three point lead over uh, Eli Tomac, who. Um, like maybe we'll, we'll we'll get to him, but he looked a little bit uh, uncharacteristic this particular night. Just uh, like I don't want to bag on a fourth place, but just kind of a weird way to get fourth place for for Eli. Um, like usually, if he gets fourth, he like he started out fifteenth and and just charged all the way to the front. He, he seemed like he had a bit of his, the wind out of his sails late in the race, and, and even getting passed by Blake Baggett, who uh, he's, he's the uh, the third member on the podium. Standing at all on the like with the his the his KTM buddies, uh, I know if you're uh, if you if you're running a dealership with orange bikes today, you're a pretty pumped guy. Oh, most definitely, man. Um, it's definitely a good day for KTM, and it's really cool to see a brand uh, take up every spot in the podium. Um, I think KTM, uh, especially the 450 program, it's one of the few teams that we really don't talk much about you know their their setup which is good um you don't want people to really notice uh, the bike doing anything kind of weird you want it to, you know want it to look like the bike's doing exactly what you want it to do so um yeah they they, they got to be super happy where all three of their guys are riding really well uh the way baggett charged through the pack the way marvin caught um cooper at the end just clicked off those those um those few seconds he needed and cooper taking the the overall victory um all three guys had had really really memorable rides, uh, so they did it in in a convincing fashion. It wasn't like the race was handed to any of them. Um, they all put the work in, and, and it looked pretty cool. Um, you know, going back to what you said about Tomac, uh, I, I'm gonna have to agree. It's it's uh, kind of an uncharacteristic ride. He seemed like he was picking it up um, towards the beginning of the race, and like he would start picking off people in true Tomac fashion, and kind of pull that Marvin Muskin um, late race charge that he put on Cooper Webb. Uh, but we didn't see it. I think. Him getting passed um, by Baggett in the battle that him and Roxon had, where he'd make a pass on Roxon, Roxon would get him back, and then you know finally Eli did get get the uh, get the pass made. Uh, I think a lot of that um, might have rattled him a little bit, and that's not, not to say it was made him nervous or or anything like that. I just think it took his focus off of him moving forward, where he had to now battle with a few guys that you normally don't see him battle with too much, um, apart from Roxon. So um, I think. Given a, a couple more laps, maybe he could have been, been able to to catch um, Baggett, make up that t- that time. There was definitely a, a big uh, big deficit there, but you know Eli's not 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 a slow rider. So I'm sure he could have he could have done it. Um, but still, I mean, uh, we're, we're used to seeing Tomac kind of take off at this point, and I think you and I talked about it a little bit, and uh, we kind of figured after that last main event win that he had day two, he'd kind of start getting into his winning ways. So this is kind of this is kind of different, you know. But as a fan of the sport, like I always say, I'm not too angry to see uh, to see a different winner that that we really didn't expect to uh, to be up there. So, and when I say different, I mean apart from the top three guys of the the Musk and the Roxon and the Tomac, um, it's just it's kind of nice to see this this split a little bit and having to see Tomac battle 
on his way up to a podium. It's it's, it's kind of cool. I, I'm I'm digging the the parody in the class right now. For sure, we haven't seen parody like this in a long time. And uh, factor in that uh, we're, we're still waiting on uh, one of our pro- probably the the fastest rookie to make his uh, season's debut. Uh, not this weekend, but maybe uh, Minneapolis the weekend after. Um, the fact that uh, yeah, like we're, we've got a ton of talent at the top uh, of this class, and it's going to be uh, difficult for people to be kind of stealing points away from each other because they're going to be like these guys are uh, sort of like Tomac could get a fourth, or or Webb could get a fourth, or like Ken Rocks could get a, get a fourth. These guys like it's by gone are the days of uh, Ricky Carmichael getting second or first or third. Or basically second or first, or Chad Reed getting first or second. Like those guys would literally like didn't matter where they started, didn't matter if their bike was upside down, sideways or backwards in the first corner, they were still gonna get to the front of the pack. Like it's no longer that way. Like a really bad start for one of these riders can spell absolute um like just just a nightmare for them. Because like like if say if you get a fifteenth place start, you gotta work your way through Chad Reed, Justin Bogle. Justin Brayton, Justin Barsha, Dean Wilson, like all these guys, like they fight for every single position. Whereas, not to say that the the, the mid pack guys didn't fight in the mid two thousands. I just think that uh, like your Chad Reeds of the world and your Ricky Carmichael's of the world were just that much more of a a, a whole different level. And I, I just think that nowadays you have more guys who are at that sort of next level, so to speak. Instead of having two guys at that level, you've got seven of them. And they all come to play every single night, and uh, like yeah, the, the, like I was, it was pretty uncharacteristic to see that Eli Tomac just straight up like got a fourth. Like it wasn't that he 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 was within swinging distance a little bit. Uh, I was amazed how much uh, Cooper Webb gapped everyone. I know uh, with uh, with Marvin going down, that really opened things up, and he was able to sort of have some clean air and could ride ride his race and open things up. But uh, I like. I was just surprised that uh, that T- Tomac wasn't able to uh, like I, midway through the race. If you had to ask me what happens for the rest of it, I expect Tomac to get second in that race. And uh, yeah, he just didn't seem to um, to, to have that uh, that t- type of race in him. So uh, like his his charge to the front from a tenth place start uh, just kind of like it fell off at, at the fourth place. But like I said earlier, he's three points out of the championship lead, and uh, like we've seen it before. If Eli Tomac comes to play in San Diego and Minneapolis and Arlington and all those races to come, uh, we could be looking back in six weeks from now uh, talking about how, uh, how silly we were to, to doubt Eli Tomac. But for right now, he hasn't shown it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to agree with you again on that one, man. Um, the field is, is it's elevated. Um, you know, I know we like to reminisce on the you know mid two thousand, early two thousand type motos, but um, yeah, you're not going to see a guy that's in ninth place, in eighth place, seventh place that isn't fast. You might have seen that you know back in that time period, um, where you might have, might have had some you know not not bad guys, but you know more like some privateers that didn't have that that next level elite speed. Um, but I mean, you, you called it every guy up through, you know, 15th spot. These are all factory guys. Pretty much. These are guys that have won supercross races that are on premium equipment that have put the work in, um, that are super talented. So start, start is everything, man. And, um, yeah, it's like, like I said, it's definitely weird to see Tomac not put in that Tomac type ride. Um, 
I'm not sure if he's taken that slow and steady wins the race approach, which we've seen has win championships in the past, um, like a la Ryan Dungey. Um, he, he could be implementing that whole thing, which is a little bit different, a little uncharacteristic of its own Mac, but we also see that he's a lot closer in points right now than he's been the past couple of seasons this early. So um, he's only a few points back from Cooper. This might be his strategy just to, hey, you know, if the race comes to me and I have an opening, I'll take it. If not, I'll settle for these, uh, you know, fourth, fifth, po- you know, third podium spots, whatever it, whatever it may be. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely different. I'm, I'm wondering what, what the actual approach is. You know, we can speculate, but until we're inside that detail, it's, it's, uh, it's tough to guess. But um, who knows? We've seen a bunch of parity so far. You like to come out and win the next nine, like, it's it's he's done it um, in the past. He's been on a, on a winning streak without people kind of um, expecting him to. So we we could see that this weekend. We very well could. I think that um, honestly, one of the biggest reasons why he hasn't started to rattle off wins is because it's not that easy anymore. These guys have have uh, done their research. They've done their homework. They're all super fit. Um, and, and I think that, like like you said earlier, there's a ton of parity in this class, and like uh, they've got great teams behind them. And um, yeah, on any night, these guys can uh, can grab hold of it. And um, like even a great night from one rider, like say if you're Eli Tomac and you have a great San Diego, well, Ken Roxon might be having a great night too. Like it's it's not like you have to wait if you're you're hoping for one other guy to have a bad night like you're you're hoping that five or six guys happen to have a bad night so that you can dominate it's uh there's a ton of talent at the top end of this 450 class and i think that's uh kind of evidence of um so many top 250 guys graduating into this class over the last four years in in marvin muskan cooper webb ken roxon i guess that's five years ago already but like it's just like there's a log jam of talent up there, and they're all uh, they're 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 working towards getting these wins. Um, I was I was impressed by Dean Wilson, especially after having a little bit of a scare with uh, the knee uh, in his heat race. Comes back to a sixth um, hit b- between uh, him and Justin Barsha. I think uh, the either the, the the 15 or the 51. Uh, you probably give a ta- like tip of the cap to both of those guys just being absolute soldiers out there, uh, knowing that Dean dealing with uh, at least some discomfort in the knee. And as someone who has uh, bruised their tailbone and uh, wanted nothing to do with sitting down on a, on a couch, let alone a dirt bike, um, a week afterwards, uh, I, I got to give, give a, like a kudos and a hats off to uh, Justin Barsha, who is an absolute badass for, for riding uh, as injured as he was. Um, that's... Uh, that's no, that's very notable to me. Oh, 100%. I mean, I don't think people realize just how excruciatingly painful that is. Um, I've had a minor bruised tailbone, like very minor, and that took me out for a while. So, I could, you know, and his was, was pretty severe from what I'm hearing. So um, the fact that he's, you know, out there and he has to still seat bounce and grip the bike and do all this crazy stuff, man, that, that it takes you to be 100% physical you know, physical shape, you know, um, it, it's just, it's a testament to how just gnarly these guys are. Um, and going back to, uh, to Wilson, um, that, that's, that was a really, really good ride. I mean, he, he, he had to scare with his knee and then he had to go to the LCQ, um, which is, you know, a, a really scary for a lot of guys. It can be a kind of a pinball fest, you know, which is guys really want to take each other out to get like that, that top four spot. So um, it's cool to see Dino kind of rebound from that and, and come back to a come back to a sixth place. I think with a good start 
And with the clear head, I'm I'm pretty sure that we could see Dino um, nab a nab a podium before the season's out, which oh, would be sure. really really cool to see. Which would be super super cool to see that guy come back from a little bit of adversity in the off season to to get on the podium and be you know Husky's best finishing one of the better finishing guys of the season um, to date. So we'll see what happens when Alan Zach comes back. Yes, and uh, I, I fully expect um, him to take as soon as the series goes to Minneapolis. I expect. Uh, his bike to roll under the, uh, at least be transported by uh, by by Husqvarna, uh, Rockstar Rockstar Husky like that. I, I don't imagine they're they're going to be taking that thing in any type of transporter other than getting on the truck. Uh, clearly, um, with Jason Anderson's bike uh, not being well, they'll probably bring a, a bike a bike along for display. But uh, yeah, I just I, I think that. Um, it just makes sense to have him on that team. He's on a Husqvarna. He's on a rock star Husqvarna. Uh, and, uh, and of course, um, maybe there's some like sort of, uh, first five race sort of, uh, deal, uh, written into some of his contracts worth with, uh, his, his sponsors. Cause I, I think that, that, like, I don't know, like, that might be something that he's dealing with as far as just having to own up to his side of the deal. Um, but for, for Dean Wilson, a privateer out of a box van, uh, with clearly a very like he's he's got a great setup. I'm not trying to say that he's got bolt-on parts on that husky, but to be fifth, or sixth in points right now um, with uh, some pretty solid finishes. He's 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 sixth in points, but he's actually uh, average finish is is uh, 5.8. So he's he's trending in the right direction. Um, he's not even mathematically like not eliminated, but he's less than a full race down in, in points right now. Um, for a guy who's yet to be on the podium, it's pretty impressive just to see how how consistent he's been over the first four races um even better days ahead for dean wilson and hats off to him his his old man and everyone that's in his corner because uh all of the like like race weekend aside all of the jumping through hoops to like get suspension delivered and pick up seats and seat covers and get graphics made and this, like, like i'm sure and he's i'm sure he's got people that handle that sort of thing but he does a lot of it himself as well uh, Dean Wilson is uh, probably like he, he's he's doing pretty damn good for a guy who in his particular situation right now. Hats off to him. Oh, I, I agree. Um, it's 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 super cool to see that it all came together for him, you know. And and he he really let his, his talent kind of kind of take him far. It didn't really matter what equipment he was on, you know. I'm sure it was part for him to stay com- comfortable on the bike that he likes. But um, yeah, it's just it's really cool to see this all come together and. Uh, I'm wishing I'm wishing all the best, man. I, I definitely expect to see a podium out of him. Um, if not, maybe a win isn't isn't a full stretch either. You know, we've seen him lead at A1, so who'd say he can't do it? Absolutely. So, uh, um, actually, like pretty like kind of a side note, but uh, surprised to see uh, as many as I believe five uh, Suzuki 450s in the main event this last weekend. Uh, Cole Martinez coming uh, back from Germany. Uh, he's, this is his second round back, if not for his first round back, uh, making at least making it into the main event. Uh, solid 14th place. Uh, he's followed by uh, another Suzuki of Kyle Chisholm. The Hep Boys taking, taking care of business with Alex Ray, also 17th. Uh, scary night for him a couple of times with some close calls, but uh, otherwise uh, gets gets out uh, healthy and another uh, main event for A Ray and uh, Justin Hill and uh, Chad Reed. Of course, they're the uh, the, the Suzuki uh, factory backed efforts with JGR. Um, a solid night, ninth place for for Chad Reed. Um, 
obviously not where he wants to be. He wants to be closer to the front, but I think he'll take it. And uh, um, I wouldn't say a pedestrian uh, performance, but uh, obviously Justin Hill looking for a little bit more. I would agree with that. Yeah, um, I, it's weird because Justin has the talent, um, and we're Shocker. we're really not used to seeing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we, we said it before. Hashtag but analysis, piece, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's he's definitely he's got the talent. Um, but we we just we haven't seen him uncork it. Like, I don't I can't remember a really like a really wild moment from from Justin Hill uh, apart from when he led Tampa for a little bit last year. So. Um, it's right. definitely uh, definitely a bummer to see him to see him not have a breakout he's ride. Not the top, he's quali- so top qualifier this year this year one one race, um, or at least I, like I in one of the sessions he was at the top. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was pretty. If not the top, then pretty darn close. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm really I really thought that we'd see something something out of him a little bit, like maybe a spark or something. A but, heat race. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like sometimes you see a quick, heat a race before race. you see a, a main event. But uh, exactly. Yeah, like uh, yeah, it just hasn't hasn't shaped up for him quite yet. I honestly thought that the triple crown would have would have really suited him. You know, just the oh, yeah. he's like quick sprint speed. Um, you know, he could get a get a great start, make make a few passes and check out, um, do some crazy combos that no one else is doing. Uh, but yeah, I guess it, it wasn't in the cards quite yet. So um, yeah, I think I think Hill still he's got so much potential, and I'm really I really want to see something something out of him um, before too long. Um, it's just it's it's super it's super weird to have to see a, a rider of his caliber with more consistency. You know what it means? Because uh, he's just every bit as talented as the guys that are in top five, um, or you know top seven, what have you. Yeah. Um, but those guys seem to have the consistency down in a little bit more. Where um, Justin Hill just does not seem to have it right now. And you and I know he's capable of it. He won a Supercross title, so um he can definitely do it i'm, I'm just kind of curious about what his what his hang-up might be whether it's you know fitness or discomfort on the equipment mm. um man I'd, I'd love to know because that guy is he's just so so talented right i think um when it comes to justin hill um when when he's fully invested and i think when his like his back's up against the wall a little bit that he has some things to prove um like if, if he goes out one night and he wants to to prove the naysayers wrong we're going to see a really special performance uh, from from Justin. I think that uh, he's uh, maybe he's working up to one of those coming up here. Um, but I, I like I definitely expected um, some some more stronger performances, especially later in races uh, than we've seen so far. But like I said earlier, this is a pretty deep field of talented guys. I, but uh, that being said, um, like. I I don't think it's uh, unfair to expect uh, a guy who's won of a championship in the 250s um, and and led led laps and and shown some serious speed not only only one year ago um, like last year in San Diego he's winning a 250 race uh, and now he's uh, um, finishing behind Vince Freeze Tyler Bowers uh, uh, a, a not quite up to uh, speed yet Justin Bogle who actually probably had his best race of the year so far I know he had that was uh, 10th is definitely his best so far um yeah like just uncharacteristic and I think just le- uh, more probably head scratching than anything probably equally as head scratching as the fact that we haven't seen uh, Eli Tomac rip off uh, a wire to wire uh main event win just yet I, I like I don't know which one's more perplexing but um uh, like I said, I, I think when when Justin wants to uncork one, 
you'll see uh, Tampa Hill come back out and uh, he'll, he'll, he'll make something special happen and maybe he's able to catch fire uh, the same way Cooper Webb has and, and uh, use that momentum and that, that confidence to propel him into uh, some more consistent top five finishes. But until then, uh, he's stuck to where he's at. Uh, currently, I believe, 14th in points. Um, and, uh, yeah, like he's definitely uh, looking to, uh, to improve on that. Before we switch over to the 250s, uh, bummer deal for Joey Savacci, uh, about f- what, maybe six laps into this thing. He was riding really well. He had a decent start on his hands. Um, I, every, it's funny cause every time I see a green fender at the front of the pack during the main events, I'm like, Oh, do you, Eli? And I'm like, no, nah, no, it's, uh, it, it's, it's Joey. And, uh, the bike locks up on him and I, I had, you got a feel for a guy. Anyone who's had a bike quit in a race. Uh, knows that feeling when uh, the bike lets go on you. Uh, we'll likely never find out what the issue was. It was probably the carburetor, um, and uh, <laughs> um, you know what I mean, or like or a spark plug. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a bummer deal. Qualified second, start was fifth, and he finished twenty first because uh, somehow Austin Politelli did less laps than he did. But either way, um, bummer deal. Yeah, it, it really sucked, man. I mean, it happened so abrupt too. I almost thought for a minute, I'm like, man, is he doing another uh, another Monster Energy Cup type? You know, hey, go around me type deal with Eli. And then you saw him just put his head down and then ah. you know push the bike off. It was One such a race. such a bummer. Yeah, and he, you know, it, it looks like he's finally starting to to uh, get really comfy on the Cowie. I don't know yeah. if they switched settings up from from uh, the Monster Energy Cup, but he looked really comfortable. And I think that's the one time that I've seen Savachi ahead of Plessinger, and we had our little side bet about who'd be the better rookie. And I was feeling quite, quite good about myself until I saw him, saw him lock it up. But, um, you know, no fault of his own. Um, it's, it's still, I mean, he should, he should look at, you know, hey, well, at least I was able to, to have a good day. I feel confident in the bike. I feel comfortable. Um, I was able to, you know, run top five for a little bit, have really good qualifying time, and, um, and, and you know, put, put the 17 up there for at least a little bit. So I think he's going to rebound for this upcoming weekend in San Diego. Um, you know, figure a few things out motor-wise because you know Eli's bike seemed pretty decent. So, you know, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping Sabati can uh, can make it around the, around the track next weekend. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I, I expect him to have a to have a pretty decent rest of the season here and out. I think him and Plessinger kind of worked the bugs out a little bit. So, um, I'd be excited to see what happens with those two. Fair enough. Well, shout out to Ronnie Stewart for putting it in a uh, third of four. Main events to start the season. That's pretty awesome for a guy who's had a couple of down, uh, down years, uh, dealing with some injuries and just uh, honestly, it just seems like he kind of took a step backwards for a couple of uh, years, getting as high as uh, national number sixty nine, and uh, now back in the three digits. Um, three main events and, and looking pretty strong. He's just behind uh, Alex Ray in uh, the overall points right now. Also, shout out to uh, to Alex Ray and. Uh, uh, Ryan Brees making it into the main event once again, his first time back into the main event since uh, since Anaheim uh, won, where he was uh, he was that guy that just like no one expected to be in the main event, and there he is getting in through the heat race. Ryan Brees coming back from uh, from Germany and showing he's still got some speed uh, since going over and to Deutschland and uh, doing some motocross. So uh, shout out to those guys, it's awesome. Uh, and of course, if you want a an extra special experience, if you want to hang out with Alex Ray all day long. Long, talking track walk we're, do, we're, we're doing race strategy we're, we're we're getting inside jokes probably get to see mathis um throughout the day do a collective experience with alex ray the guy is absolute riot 
he will say things that will make you laugh, uh, and he will do things that will make you laugh uh, predominantly when he rides the motorcycle. Um, he's a beautician. That's a professional beauty. And uh, we're gonna with that, we'll throw it to commercial break here on the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Sickwix, Medterra, CBD, and, of course, the Collective Experience. Go to the collectivexp.com right now and check out all of their experiences and the internship program. You need to check that out. We'll be right back after these. Hey, Big MX listeners, thanks for listening to this episode. Check out these commercials, support our sponsors, and we'll be right back to the show. Thanks for listening. Hey, Big MX listeners, let's talk a little bit about Sick Wicks Candles. Sick Wicks is the small business that you may not have heard of so far, and that's why they're on the show right now. That's why we need to get you informed. Soy-based candles are phenomenal. They're not made with the same harmful chemicals that a paraffin wax candle are made from, and the scents are unbelievable. You need to check these out. The Morning Moto smells like coffee. The Privateer smells like beer, as it should. All these awesome candles, you gotta check them out. They're motocross dedicated, and uh, they, they, they burn nice and clean. They got that wood wick that sounds awesome. It, it pops and crackles just like a real fire. And uh, it's gonna make your garage smell better. It's gonna make your living room smell better. And if you take them into the bedroom, don't tell me about it, but enjoy it. You're gonna love these candles, and you can find them at sickwicks.com. Head there right now, enjoy them, and you're gonna love them. Absolutely. Check them out. Only recently have the health benefits of CBD products been acknowledged by the masses. CBD is every bit as powerful as it is misunderstood. In the past, we've known so little about a vital system that exists in every single one of us. Medterra CBD products promote wellness and overall improved health so that you can be your very best each day. A passionate and dedicated staff have developed an impressive lineup of CBD products which help as a sleep aid, an anti-inflammatory, and for pain relief. Why choose Medterra CBD? Medterra CBD products are of the highest quality Purity tests are done extremely frequently, and their responsive and dedicated customer care team will guide you through your CBD journey. For more information or to browse Medterra CBD's products, please visit www.medterracbd.com. Medterra CBD, our CBD, your health. Since 1979, Maxima USA has changed lubrication. Industry-leading products have equated to hundreds of championships wherever quality lubricants are needed. Maxima has built a reputation for great quality by earning lifelong customers one at a time. Customers who trust in the complete lineup of products from Maxima USA. From our flagship Castor 927 mixing oil to our famous SC1 and the full array of market-leading products, Maxima has what you need on the track and in the garage. Maxima Racing Oils are proudly made in the USA. For more information, visit www.maximausa.com. We're going to do whatever we want, and if you're cool with it, you're cool with it. If you're not, we're still going to do the thing. I can just let go, put our middle fingers up with a smile, and let it roll. not just go out there and train to be number one because it's more losers and winners in this world. 
I grew up in Newhall. That was 805. I got into this can. I said, that is a badass fucking can. The beer's even better inside. We have a band of brothers. They're different. They just like to have a good time and live life, have fun, and kill it. Fast house is nothing but fun. We all want to feel good. The average guy can go out there, throw down. I do it my way, and it's all that matters. It's not easy to do this shit. My girl's looking at me to support her, and I'm got a broken leg from dirt bike. You see a lot of people that fall out of it. It's all so based on results and being the winner. That mentality of the 60s, 70s, that's what we try to do is bring that back where it's not so serious. I don't really like the super competitiveness of it. I like to bring something that's more lighthearted. Probably all serious about it at one point and kind of realizing, let's just have fun. That's what my old man did, and it just really resonated with me riding a dirt bike on that fine line of glory and disaster. Throw your leg over a bike and haul ass across the desert and feel free. 90% of people that own a motorcycle go out on the weekends and they just want to have fun. Can't ever take that for granted. Two wheels till the wheels fall off, man. Once I feel like you become a man, you know, you get off the track and you're exhausted and just ice cold beer, just nothing sounds better than that. This Fast House crew is going to break the mold how it used to be and maybe even then some. Big MX listeners, Supercross season is coming and that means the return of the collective experience. Nobody brings you closer. Nobody gives you an exclusive experience where you are part of a privateers racing program throughout the day i'm talking pre-race strategy filming practice session sessions talking about the racetrack meeting the riders getting cool swag getting to hang out with guys like dave drakes getting to hang out with guys like me at the track it's an awesome program and the money goes right back to the privateers you're actually supporting their racing program and you get a really cool experience check it out google the collective experience First thing that pops up, you can check out their intern program. You can check out all that fun stuff. You guys need to get on this program. Check it out. You can like Collective EX, I believe, on Instagram. Uh, the Collective XP is their uh, website, I believe. Check them out. The Collective Experience. Dave Drake's over there, great friend of mine, and he wants you guys to be part of this program. Check it out. Can't wait to see you there. The Collective Experience, a proud sponsor of the Big MX Radio Podcast. Hey guys, this is Johnny Louch from the W Training Facility, powered by Crosley. Head over to Matera and enter Team W and get 15% off. The product's amazing. You'll love it. And uh, thanks to the support of Big MX Radio Broadcasts. Love being on the show and talk to you soon. And we're back. Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Matera CBD as well as sickwix.com. Sickwix are the best, awesome, these amazing candles and wax melts that you need to get in your life. They're not a paraffin wax candle. They're based in soy candles, uh, soy wax. So they burn easier. They burn cleaner. They don't have those 
harmful perfumes and chemicals that get omitted into the air. It's all clean. They smell awesome. Uh, and of course, they've got that wood timber wick that kind of pops and crackles, makes it feel like you've got a, a bonfire happening in your living room. Get them today at sickwix.com. And uh, if while you're on the internet, you might as well go check out the Collective XP. And uh, well, Dave, you can get, you can probably give a bit of a rundown. Um, when it comes to uh, an experience like no other, you can live your dreams with the Collective Experience. Yes, no? Oh, 100%, man. That's, that's what we're all about. We're all about making those super immersive, um, totally connected um, experiences for fans from all over. Uh, yeah, so uh, you got, yeah, got to the buffers in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we make sure that every fan that signs up, you know, not only takes home some physical, um, you know, more tangible gifts, but also like, you know, the gift of connection, the gift of, of, of um, great memories, knowing that you were part of a rider's program and you helped to get them to that next level or get them to the main event um, or help them with their race line or race development or body positioning. Um, whatever that may be, um, nothing gets you as immersive. I mean, this is so much more than just a meet and greet in the picture. Uh, you're really part of this rider's program for the day. I mean, um, a lot of people that sign up, they make lasting connections, and that takes them super far in the industry, whether it's a job or, um, you know, being connected with a rider on a personal friendship level. Um, you name it, you can really make it whatever you want it to be. And uh, we're really proud that, you know, a lot of what we do helps out all these privateer riders through funding, through support, through exposure. And it's something that we want to keep going on um, throughout the season, uh, throughout many seasons, uh, and it, it continue to help as many fans as we can. That's our number one priority to make sure that we grow the sport and that everyone who touches the collective in some way benefits from it. So um, we're, we're pumped on it, and I'm uh, looking forward to getting a lot more people signed up. Absolutely. Go check those guys out. You guys do a fantastic job. You might get to meet um, your, your, your homegirl, Taylor. She's always bopping around with her visor tipped way down and, 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 uh, oh, and, and, and hanging out with the fast house stuff, the bell helmets. She's, she's bopping around. I know like she's a bubbly personality that you like to hang out with at the track. Um, mainly cause probably like, cause I'm not around. You, you need to hang out with somebody. I guess, I guess it might as well be, uh, Taylor, uh, what's her deal? What, like what's, uh, what's going on over at uh, Pressbox MX? Uh, yeah, Taylor, Taylor's been a, a pretty cool person to, to hang out with and get to know a cool friend over the past season. Uh, but yeah, she's all about uh, social media uh, marketing in terms of uh, more civilly geared towards motorsport. And, you know, she's going to make up to mud um, uh, expose and through Supercross. And she's got a lot of different stuff. Um, yeah, she's, um, she's, she's always in, at races and I'm um, just trying to be a, an ambassador for the sport. So, um, yeah, it, it's cool to, to do some joint projects with her and get around and, um, I gotta, I gotta have you guys meet and introduce you guys since you're both fast house riders. So, <laughs> but, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's cool having her, um, having her, you know, as a, as an extension uh, of the program and she's, uh, she's a, she's a pretty cool person in the industry. So, um, yeah, it'd be, it'd, be, uh, it'd be cool to work with her on a few more things. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Absolutely. And anytime that you can uh, swap moto stories with, uh, with a female guest uh, or a female uh, uh, enthusiast, uh, that's a plus. Because, uh, absolutely, as, of course, we love our bro talk, but you, you like a different perspective as well. And uh, she's also a, a champion in her own right. Um, I believe uh, 2018... Um, I think uh, it was like the Big Six Championship, or was it Works, or something along yeah. those lines? Yeah, I think I think it was Big Six, which is super yeah. popular in the West Coast. I no didn't doubt. really. So I like, heard, she, she, she I also really she rips year. on a dirt bike. Like, 
I, I, I dare not challenge this young lady to, to a, a fast lap challenge because uh, me on my 252 stroke, um, carbureted, um, bald back tire, uh, hint, hint, uh, guys over at Dunlop. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know if, if I, uh, like, I might have to be in mid-season form to, to knock down laps with Taylor. Yeah, you and me would have to uh, we have to get into some some riding schools for sure, and oh, I know yeah. I'd have to drop a couple pounds to be in race shape. <laughs> yeah, totally. The two of us might want to take in a uh, AJ Catanzaro Academy uh, session, maybe uh, brush up on some some cornering skills. Yeah, yeah, I I would I would need that 115 percent because AJ always yells at me for my corners anyway. So yeah, it it would definitely be much needed. <laughs> Fair enough. So, uh, speaking of AJ yelling, uh, can we can we touch on uh, um, a internet sensation swept the nation? If you've been to uh, AJ Catanzaro's uh, Instagram over the last little while, um, uh, some 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 posts were posted. Are uh, also on uh, buttery films. I come to find out he's actually. Uh, I, I'm not privy to 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 watch buttery films uh, feed. Um, I, I guess maybe I I too have uh, slung some arrows over the years uh, about his particular style of posts and videos and whatnot. Uh, so I, I actually had to go on one of my uh, my another account to uh, to see what all the hubbub was about when uh, when Jay Kavanaugh uh, brought my attention to. Uh, just a, an out of context um, s- snippet of their conversation, where uh, definitely didn't paint AJ in the most positive light when it came to basically his assessment or his uh, uh, objective um, sort of analysis of uh, buttery films and his his video, like kind of like the like the the kind of videos he makes and the entertainment value. And I think he was mainly talking just uh, like his execution of what people look up to as far as like we up and coming riders watching these videos where there's lots of wheeling going on and a lot of bump starts going on. And honestly, I don't watch a whole lot of it. So I'm just kind of, that's, that's I, I've gotten the Coles notes of it, but um, like, uh, what, what was your take on all that? I think it was a bummer that AJ kind of got blown out on social media. Um, it, like the internet can be a very ugly place when things go sour, especially with, um, a huge audience the way buttery has. Like, I don't know. You actually even know what the kid's name is. I think it's Connor something or Colin. Uh, either way. Um, yeah. Like the kid's got, he's, he's got a legion of fans all who uh, get on the, get on the keyboards and, uh, and, and can type some pretty mean things. So um, I was disappointed to see uh, how quickly that went a little bit sideways from like, like some offhanded remarks that maybe like, Personally, I probably wouldn't use it. Like, even if I thought those things, I might not say them on my podcast. Only because stuff like this can happen, where you can completely take a, a conversation out of context and uh, make someone look pretty, um, just a really judgmental. And I think that it, it came off completely wrong. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say anytime you have you know two moto dudes kind of beef, and it you know it's it's not good. You know, we all yeah. share the same love of the, for the sport and. We, we all want to see our sport grow. We all want to see as many people on dirt bikes having fun as possible. And, you know, it's a bummer when you see two dudes that are, you know, have pretty good followings and stuff like that, just going at it. But, um, you know, I, I think, um, AJ's point was, was, was kind of blown out a little bit. Um, I, I, I think he could have stated what he wanted to say, wanted to state just a little bit more eloquently and use, um, like a little bit better wording where I think he was trying to say, if you use some of the riding techniques that 
buttery has in his videos and apply them to Supercross, yeah, they wouldn't translate over as well. Um, you know, it wouldn't be as successful of execution through, you know, walks or through transition. Yeah. He's what, hoping what that young riders that. don't look up to that and emulate that Ex- style exactly. and expect where, that to work for them. If you, exactly. And you can reverse that where the type of stuff that Buttery's doing, if you have a more, um, you know, more rigid, more structured, super cross elite type type style, it might not translate over very well for what the stuff that Buttery does. So I think his style is a little bit unique in that way, too. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, you know, two different worlds that are under kind of the same umbrella. But, um, yeah, I, I know AJ was super remorseful. And, um, yeah, I, I know he was he wishes to use different wording to convey what he was trying to say. Um, but, you know, it was I will say it was kind of a bummer to see just so many um, negative comments and stuff where, you know, I, I definitely understand uh, why his fans were a little bit a little bit upset. But I, I kind of wish that AJ and Buttery kind of resolved it on their own, you know, outside of social media. And like, hey, man, you know, I kind of wish you could blow me out like this. And then AJ could have explained a little bit better. But, um, you know, I'm just glad things seem to be smoothing over a little bit. And um, like I said, I know AJ's remorseful. And, um, you know, I hope, uh, I, hope we, I hope we don't see too many more Moto Beasts because, um, you know, as much as it, brings up talk in the moto industry it's it's not that great to see you know two dudes who people look up to just going each other's throat like that it kind of it kind of sucks but you know it's it happens and uh, all you can do is move forward and hopefully uh hopefully it dies down and we don't have to see stuff like this again yeah absolutely i uh, I've, I've met connor uh, actually now that i think about it i think it was at oakland last year uh hanging out with uh the guys from ever ever good um uh, of course, uh, Matt, uh, Matt, Matt Rice and uh, um, Shirk are always hanging out with him as well, I believe, if not mistaken. But, uh, like, Connor has, like, 308,000 followers on Instagram. So, uh, yeah, probably not somebody... Platform. Yeah, he's got, and the thing is, like, the two things on that. A, probably not somebody you want to start be slinging arrows at just because, uh, like, with that loyal of a following, like, uh, he's... And like that, that's including the likes of uh, uh, Cole Seeley, and uh, like th- there's a there's a there's a ton of people that follow him that like I have a lot of respect for guys like Wes Williams, uh, yeah. Biggie Zoid, uh, Don Maeda, um, Casey Davis over at uh, Trans World. You got uh, uh, like yeah, there's, there's a ton of, of Billy Leninovich, uh, like Sean Lepanovich. All these guys that are there, they're they're fans of what he does. Personally, that like I don't find his videos super entertaining, and I don't really watch a lot of them. Obviously, considering I'm um, considering I'm blocked, um, but uh, like the guy's got <laughs> fans. He's got like there's there's people yeah. who watch what he's watching or he's putting out there, and they find entertainment in it. So that's all that like yeah. that's like um, to me like if like it's what he what like what uh, Connor does with his videos not harmful whatsoever other than like yeah. from AJ's point of view maybe not uh, demonstrating the the most perfect style but also um you could probably say the same thing about me because uh I'd probably, that's probably why I don't post a lot of videos of me riding cuz usually a lot of elbows down a lot of uh uh three point turns in the corners and a, bun- a bunch of other things that uh maybe shouldn't be shared uh or or viewed on a regular basis, but um, no, like the the guy's got a, got himself a, a a nice little following there, and I'm sure it'll continue to grow. Um, it was unfortunate to see uh, AJ get uh, blown out, but uh, uh, but uh, hey, maybe a few uh, people were sent over to the podcast that'll become uh, loyal listeners. So uh, maybe some good comes out of it. 
yeah, you, you, you never know. You hope it turns. You hope, you hope it turns out that good. Um, but yeah, you know, it's um, it's it, you know, like I said, it's two, kind of two different worlds. And um, you know, as, as long as we're all riding and respecting each other, and um, you know, appreciating what each other brings to the table, then I think you know we're we're in a good spot. But um, yeah, you know, it, it's the type of followers that would follow someone like a buttery might not be someone that follows like an AJ Catanzaro. So you can kind of see where like that whole feudy deal was coming from. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, like I said, <laughs> just glad it's done. Uh, both those guys ride a whole hell of a lot faster and better than I do. So yes. I really can't throw I can't throw my hat to the ring either way, man. I, by the time those guys pop the clutch and get down the starting gate, I'm still starting my bike. So, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, yes. you know, like I said, I, I, I hope I hope this is uh, this is something that's uh, that's not going to you know rear its ugly head anytime soon. And um, you know, it, it, maybe we'll see those guys do like a a podcast together or a cool video yeah. or something to throw it, you know, yeah. Maybe, maybe they can both monetize it and, and do a hashtag, get a clue shirts or something. Start selling those together. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> Make some money off of it. You know, maybe they'll go to a black <laughs> Angus down in SoCal and bury the beef. That was a cow. Joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk two fifties. I'm a fan. You're a fan. The 92 doing 92 things where he gets a decent start, gets himself into the lead, rides like just like all over the place, but also faster than fast. Um, where do you start with this kid? Adam C. and Cerullo, uh, are, on the same night we get our, uh, our first two-time winner um, in, the, in both series, uh, Adam's and uh, Adam, uh, unlike uh, Cooper, Adam does not now have the points lead um, by some mathematical miracle. Uh, Colt Nichols still has a, a share of the lead for this championship. Um, it was it was excitement. It was fantastic. Uh, AJ Catanzaro was or AJ, AJ Catanzaro. I got him on the brain. Adam Cianciarolo was about as flawless as you can be. My, uh, meanwhile, uh, wheeling through the whoops and all that fun stuff. Uh, the track looked challenging. Um, what's your take on the '92? The guy, like, I, I don't mean to blow the guy too much, but Jesus, I like to see Adam win races. It's just, it's, it's like I, I try and be as biased as I can, but I like to see the guy win. I do too. Uh, it's, like, it's no secret. I'm a huge AC fan. And I, I think it's bigger than combination Stu of just I heard you say this one time. You're like, I'm a bigger Adam Cianciarolo fan than I like than Stu. I actually like, compared to how much I like Adam Cianciarolo, I don't like Stu. Is what you said. I do not. I do not believe you. That is blasphemous. You know, I, it is my 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 appreciation for AC is up there, but I don't know if it's Stu level quite yet. But uh, yeah, I mean, he, the guy. I, I think he's just, he's super likable, very well spoken. And he's 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 a great great rider. I mean, he's got some great fundamentals. Um, just everyone every, everyone just always says. I mean, it's really cool to watch ride. It's cool to see him get a win because he appreciates every you know every every win he gets. Never seems jaded by the sport, um, which is which is super cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, sticking to his riding, he 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 rode masterfully, man. I mean, his bike looks like it's working really well for him. He's riding with a with a new level of confidence that we haven't seen since he first went pro and and it had that that first string of wins, which could have very easily led to his first Supercross title and his first try, um, which you know that would have put his career in a whole different tra- trajectory. But um, 
yeah, it was really, it's really cool to see that. And, um, you know, as much of an AC fan as I am, I, I'm going to say that I, I was very shocked to see him win only because the Yamaha guys are riding so damn well. I mean, um, looking at Dylan Ferrandis, that guy was an absolute animal in, in time qualifying. I mean, some of his lines and uh, the way he was, he was trying to, you know, stay low over the jumps and kind of wheeling and soaking up different sections and getting to the sand, uh, which is super deep this weekend. It was just incredible to watch that guy ride. So the fact that Adam bested, you know, someone like, like Ferrandis, um, really, wheeling really that shows. Jump? That was, that was sick. Oh man. It was just absolutely insane. Front wheel in the air absolutely and insane. just like clip, like, Exactly, and that had a pretty decent lip on it too. So I mean, it oh, wasn't, yeah. wasn't completely. It wasn't. It wasn't. You know, pretty mellow. I think it had a lip. So yeah, he's um, been watching. You know, uh, he's been he's been watching Axel Hodges do some some wheelie shit. I think. Oh man, I mean, he, he he must be because that was pretty cool, and it saved him so much time. So the fact that Adam beat him, it really shows how much more Adam stepped it up and how hungry he was for that win. It's really good to see. Everyone expects Adam to win. They, uh, everyone expects him to win this, this championship, and they sort of, sort of cement his 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 reign over the over the series. So, um, I don't know. We all we say it time and time again. Uh, a confident rider is very very dangerous. So, um, if if Adam if Adam can keep it on two wheels and not put himself in any bad positions, uh, you know, it looks like he's in the driver's seat unless Ferrandez can figure out how to translate that time qualifying speed to the night show and mm-hmm. and get it done. Yeah, top qualifier, second. Um, oh, amazingly, uh, like I, I think with what's uh, Ferrandis's, uh average finish right now is third, finds himself fourth in points, and and no wins. Um, like it's incredible to think that he's he's just been within that swinging distance. Like everyone ahead of him, obviously, has won races. That's pretty much the X factor. That's literally the separation of the championship. Uh, the, the top four are separated by five points. Five points separate the top four. That's insane. Uh, actually, somehow Colt Nichols um, came in with a two-point lead and ed- ed- exited with a three-point lead, but actually got third. Uh, to, like the only person that uh, was close to the, that. Like, like Shane McElrath was closest to him in points and actually finished fourth behind him. So he, he made up two points on Shane. But, um, yeah, incredible uh, turn of events as far as this this, this series considered. Uh, you got four guys that are about as in it as in it gets. And, um, yeah, if not for a terrible night for uh, uh, RJ Hampshire, who had himself a good start going, by the way, uh, we could be talking about... Uh, we could talk about talk about five guys that are separated by maybe maybe ten points uh, at the top of this class. Instead, we got four guys that have a completely legitimate, wide open chance at this championship. Um, and yeah, hats off to Colt Nichols, who um, I've said it on this podcast for three years. He's one of the best interviews in the sport, um, and probably the most amount of untapped potential as far as just raw speed. He looks good on a motorcycle. Uh, love the way he rides a bike. And um, I've been I've been hoping for good things to happen for 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 Colt Nichols. So um, cool to see him still holding on to the lead, rolling into the fifth round uh, in San Diego, which I think is probably going to be one of his best rounds because uh, this uh, I'm not sure if the soft the softer track really is Colt style. I think he really excels in this hard pack stuff. So I think that uh, like even better he has an even better chance of uh, holding on to that red plate after San Diego. I'm going to have to agree with that. You know, um, 
I've said it before that Colt is very, very good in Supercross. And, uh, you know, now that, now that you mention it, um, he does seem to excel in those, I wouldn't say super harder pack tracks, but the ones that we bet typically people don't associate with being more loamy or soft, like right. a, like a Oakland or, or like a, um, or like a, a mud race, which he, which he actually won uh, to kind of prove, prove that point wrong a little bit. But um, still, he, he really seems to excel on those, um, those little bit harder tracks. So, um, I'd have to I'd have to agree with that, and um, he seems to be the only guy that can that's running super super consistently. So um, when I, when I say that, I mean this guy doesn't stray more than more than two two spots max, three spots max. So where you know we've seen AC off the podium a little bit, we've seen Frankie's kind of slip, but um, man, Colt's been super super solid. So I mean we we could see him sort of you know regain some of that momentum that he had uh, when he initially got his win. But AC is going to be a force to be reckoned with, man. And again, you can't count out Ferrandis. I think this is one of the first seasons where we've had so many legit, fast, prepared, um, just talented guys that can all win a race. I mean, it, it, like you said, if you bring up RJ Hampshire, there's five guys with the with the capability to not only win the race, but to win this entire championship. And they're all within, you know, a handful of points. So, this is this is really shifting to be a great year. I hope people realize just how awesome this is to see so much talent this close together. Yeah, like these guys are are and and uh, not to mention uh, the teammates battling. I know you're sitting in rider seating, uh, the industry seating. I don't know how well you got a look at it, but uh, Dylan Ferrandis coming to the end of that whoop section, and uh, oh, I don't have enough berm to stop. I guess I'll use use my teammate here. Uh, Colt Nichols having to lift his leg a little bit if uh, to to not uh, uh, maybe have a, a chunk taken out of his tib fib. Um, safe to say, maybe uh, some tension uh, at the at the Yamaha test track this week. Uh, if, if not, uh, maybe a, uh, uh, an honest and frank conversation back at the truck. I, I, I can only imagine the like with with Colt. He's got that uh, that blue steel look in his eyes. He's probably one of the uh, the most intense looking guys uh, in in pro motocross. So he probably uh, gets back to the uh, the truck, and, and I wouldn't say had some choice words. I think like uh, Colt's the kind of guy like he doesn't really get mad, he gets disappointed, and that's worse sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah, man, for sure. And Colt's a pretty pretty nice guy. So uh, I doubt there was a screaming match going on, but. Um... You know, maybe hey, like a like a hard look over or something. You know, just like that cold stone. You know, uh, just like that stepdad look. You know, like the hey, you know, you messed up type of deal. <laughs> so uh, I definitely get like the whole disappointment thing going on. But um, yeah, I mean, in this class, I mean, you you, you got you got to get every single point you can, and um, you know, racing them racing them hard like that, I totally get. As long as you're not taking out your you know your teammate or or doing anything that's like, you know, too overly aggressive, like bashing into one another. I'm sure the team manager does not like that either. So you, you got to keep the team happy. But um, yeah, I'm, you know, racing it, racing it hard and aggressive um, to an extent. I, it's, you, need to, you need to do that in this class. What you got to do, even if, it, even if it's your teammate, um, you know, you, there's, there's ways to get around it without having to really, really go, you know, put the, put the boxing gloves on and you have a slugging mm. fast. Um, but, uh, it's still, I mean, you got, you got to take advantage of every point. If you're a faster guy, you got to advance the position. Um, you got to make sure that, that you don't want the points up away from you. So at that point, you know, Adam had a little bit of a cushion on him. So, um, you, you, you gotta go, you gotta go through every, for everything you got and, and make it happen. Totally agree. And, uh, on top of that, um, I will also mention, and uh, this is one of my favorite things, um, like, and then maybe it happens a little bit more in sport than in everyday life. Like, cause to me, you're Dave Drake's. Like I always like, whenever I talk to people about, Oh yeah, I was talking to Dave Drake's the other day. Like, I don't just say Dave. 
Um, <laughs> even though people probably know who I'm talking about, uh, Colt Nichols is like he's Colt Nichols. You can't like talk about Colt Nichols without saying Colt Nichols. He's like a like you're like a buddy of mine. That, like he's just, like he's Corey Keys. You, you you wouldn't know who you're talking about if you don't like if you just said Corey. But like you know what I mean. And like it's it's Colt Nichols. Like, it, it has to be all like first and last name throughout. Like I can tell you Adam, and you know who I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, it's always Colt Nichols. Yeah, you, you got to throw the whole name together, man. You got to throw some respect on it. You know, <laughs> go on with the uh, the first and last and Colt Nichols, man. He's a man's an authority. Um, yeah, that's that's a that's a pretty astute observation, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's a combination of just number one having a pretty badass name. Um, yes. Two, I mean, just the just the demeanor and the way he rides that bike, man. You know, it's. Um, same deal. Like I, I could argue with, uh, you know, Ricky Carmichael, you know, a lot of guys say Ricky kind of, but majority of it, everyone's just Carmichael, Ricky Carmichael. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you, got, you need the, you need the full thing. You need the full, full title. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Like, like there's like, yeah, sometimes it's just like, oh yeah, like Carmichael had him beat this weekend. But for the most part, like, uh, yeah, like uh, Ricky Carmichael, uh, all together in, in, uh, when you're, you know, who you're talking about. Uh, let's talk about some other standout performances. Uh, I was actually pleasantly surprised with uh, Jacob Hayes. You're, you're reigning, and I guess he'll forever be the arena cross champion uh, until the, the championship comes back. He'll, he will never get dethroned. Um, but fifth, fifth spot, uh, nothing to sneeze at. I think I heard uh, um, afterwards that he was, he was disappointed or he's, he, well, he wants to be up there with the big boys. But, um, like, walk before you run, son. Like, these guys at the front are legit. Like, these guys are, are as legit as legit gets, the, these top four guys. Like, all of them win races. All of them lead laps. All of them, like, qualify in the very top. Like, we're, we're not talking about just, like, your average front runners. Like, all these guys are completely elite at the top uh, end of this 250 class. And I think it's cool that he, th- he, he believes that he should be up with those guys. But uh, um, yeah, like I, I like not to say manage your uh, expectations, but uh, I think a fifth spot in this class um, beating on, on a, basically a privateer effort or like a, a, a support level ride beating uh, factory back, at least five factory backed riders. Um, six, if you include uh, uh Jimmy Dakotas, and, and of course, uh, so bummed for en- Enzo Lopes, who uh, um, just like the first corner had his name on it uh, all day long. Uh, that was spent the spelt the end of his night. Um, but yeah, like just Jacob Hayes, your your arena cross champ, just knocking down fifths. Yeah, I'm with what you just said. I, I agree with that one. Um, he looked he looks very very good so going back to our preview show um we were very unsure about him we said you know i think yeah, he's gonna I did have, not know what to expect know. and i did not expect this exactly like honestly exactly. like high watermark rolling in i'm like okay like what can jacob hayes do i'm like yeah he's gonna be like a like his best finish on the on the year is gonna be like an eighth and that would be yeah. a good night yeah. and i'd be like yeah he should be pumped on an eighth but now i'm like exactly. fuck he should be pumped on a podium like <laughs> yep hundred percent, man. Um, you know, I, I kind of knew that he would be decent through sections. Like, okay, he's not going to get through the, through the same, you know, um, rookie learning curve of like, okay, this is how you do transition. This is how you ride guys, you know, um, pretty, pretty tough without, you know, putting them over a burn, blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, but you see, like, he's, he really, really took to it. You know what I mean? I, I think 
he's had a better transition than most guys that come over from arena cross. And one thing that, that stood out to me this weekend was how comfortable he looked in the whoops. You know, those whoops were absolutely horrendous. And they got from the 450 guys um, in a lot of trouble. And Hayes looked really good through them um, all day long. So I think that, you know, the gnarly arena cross background kind of helped him there a little bit. Um, but it's really cool to see him, or see him, but any rider for that matter, um, sort of come out in their first year and, and have such a, such a successful run. Uh, I think a fifth place for, for that team that he's on is super, super good. Um, the Rock River team, you know, they're, they're used to success, but in Supercross has kind of eluded them a little bit. So uh, top five, like you said, in this class is pretty damn good, man. You're doing something right. And he can, he can use it as a, as a big stepping stone too. So now that he knows that he, he's capable of the top five and knows that, you know, he has a skill to, to run up there with those guys, maybe he needs to run it a fourth or something like that in the next couple of weeks. Um, but it, it will be a tall order because you said it yourself. Um, these guys are world-class. I mean, these guys are all are animals, man. From, from the start to the finish, they're going nonstop. They know what they're doing. They're hitting their marks. Um, and they're not, they're, they're relentless, man. They're not going to, they're not going to stop. They're not going to slow down. So I think he's got a, he's got a little bit of time before he's knocking on that door, but yeah. taking a fifth in this class, man, is, is super good. Super, super good. I'll also throw this at you and, and you, 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 maybe you can relate to this a little bit cause you've raced, I've raced. Um, one of the biggest things that's holding, that would hold Jacob Hayes back from being able to mix it up with, um, with those guys in the top, like the, the, the Shane McElrath of the world, Colt Nichols, Dylan Ferrandez, Adam Cienzarolo, he may feel like he can, he can race with them, but I, I would, in my heart of hearts, I would believe and I would expect that all four of those guys see the 156. First of all, they scratch their heads as to who that is. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're like in their minds, like, they've got Jacob Hayes' number all day long. And when it comes to racing guys, that, like, if you, you think that you've got someone in your back pocket, you will find a way to go faster than that guy, even if it's a if it's above your comfort level. You know what I mean? Like, um, yep. we've all have guys who we race with locally. Like for me, it's I have a couple of guys who I don't care if they're having their best day on two wheels in their life. I will find a way to go faster than that guy that day. You know what I mean? Um, so, <laughs> yeah. and I, I think there's a little bit of that that uh, like when when Dylan Fernandez sees. Jacob Hayes is like, I'm going to figure out a way to go by, like, past this guy right now. And they do that. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's that, that's that mental edge. That's that uh, sort of, um, that's the, the confidence factor that, that comes into motocross that's a little bit different. Uh, and you see it in some other sports where, like, in, in football, you'll, you'll have uh, running backs. You're like, oh, I, like, this, this front seven's got nothing on me. And you, you got a guy bl- blasting uh, uh, up the middle all night long. Um, and like motocross, it's, it's like, it's totally like that. Like you you come up behind a guy that you know damn well you're supposed to be passing him, you'll find a way. Most definitely. Most definitely. So, um, yeah, I think all of can relate to that, man. You know, if there's somebody that you, that you 100% believe you need to be in front of, you will dig deep and find that extra gear and do whatever it takes to get around. So, um, I think, yeah, I think, I think, because like in your own mind, you're like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to pass that guy. Exactly. And yeah, like, half, you don't even think really right twice about it. You don't see them as a threat because you're like, oh, that guy's not as fast as me. Like Exactly. Yep. Agreed. Whereas um, like, in the, I, the I same think, thing, like say if like I'm behind Dave Drake's, Dave's like, well, fuck, Brad's faster than me. See ya. And like all of a sudden, <laughs> the 95 is just wheeling past. 
and all you smell is the <laughs> sweet smell of uh um c12 bp and some uh some caster 927 from maxima and i'm just like throwing deuces over the big infield double <laughs> as your as your carbureted four stroke is popping and farting and like you can barely see out of your flow vision goggles Hey man, that's that's if my bike starts. Okay, so you're getting more credit than I deserve. Fair enough. You got to be able to start the bike <laughs> yeah, before you can get to the the, the superior <laughs> vision of low vision goggles. Exactly. Exactly. Speaking um, of which, if I yeah, if I, if I bought uh, if I took part in the collective experience, do you think I could get my hands on a pair of those flow vision goggles? I would find a way for you to get a pair of those flow vision goggles. Is that is that just because I like dissed them earlier in our in our texts? <laughs> you want to? No, I think uh, you're. You want to prove I, me I, wrong? I, I yeah, I do. I do want to prove you wrong. I I know the minute you put them on, you're gonna be like, oh crap, I really like these things. Oh, they're so good. So I'm gonna find a way. I'm gonna find a way. I'm find a way to get you a set. Yeah, they're way better than that other company, Schmokely. Um <laughs> Better value, maybe at least. Um, uh, you won't. You won't see me flopping out two hundred dollars for Oakley prisms any anytime soon. But um, who else yeah. had a uh, had a decent night? I was I'm surprised with Martin Castello, a guy who has probably a like a less organized um, program than he had last year. He's still he's still backed by uh, Twisted Development. He's on a Suzuki rather than a Yamaha. I would argue the Yamaha was a uh, a better platform to start off of, even though the Suzuki's a brand new bike this year. Um, he's, he's racing out of Ecuador. I, I know he's done, he does have some, some good, uh, uh, some help and he's, he's running fly racing and the guys over at skid steer solutions and Etera USA are helping him out. Um, he's doing better this year than he did on basically a full blown team effort with the, uh, racetrack supercross, um, uh, IB Corp team last year who were on Yamaha's like he, he was a barely a main event guy like just having bad luck every other weekend. If you ever watched any of those episodes, it was basically like what's eating Martin Costello every other episode this year, 14th overall, like 14th and 14th on the night and 14th in points. It's pretty good for, uh, for a guy who could like, he wasn't even consistently making mains last year. Yeah. It must've been a lot of the pressure that was on him right, uh, from the team, from yeah. having the cameras on him. We were trying to get uh, maybe it was, you know, he, yeah, maybe he, he he didn't drive with the equipment that he was on, um, but yeah, he seems to seems to be more more confident this year. Um, you know, he's doing a little bit better in qualifying and, and seems to have his stuff together where um, he's able to lock in some top fifteen. So that's that's really really cool to see. Um, the other rider that I want to you know give a, a shout out to um, is uh, Chris Blows. You kind of put me onto him a couple of weeks ago. I honestly never never looked twice at the guy until you know you kind of pointed out you know hey this guy is you know, in his in his thirties and he's he's out here running with these younger kids and yeah, you know, he's he's top ten just almost every weekend. So um hats off to him, man. He's he's riding really well. I, I tried looking at him um this past weekend and giving him more of a more of a attentive eye. Mm. And seventh yeah, his points. corners are great. Yeah, he he look, he looks really good on that bike, man. You'd never know that he was an older dude. No. Um like he's like he's fifty five years or old or anything. Man. I can't believe it. <laughs> exactly, and the bikes seem to be working really well for a satellite support team. Yeah, um, their bikes look like they're they're pretty solid. So yeah, um, hats Scott off to them. And, um, the yeah, hats off to, yeah, right. And uh, hats off to Jerry Robin too for a 12th spot. Jerry's having a much better season it seems like than he has yes. in, in years past. And you know, not only finishing races, but he's uh, he's starting to climb up the ladder a little bit. So Minnesota's you know, own. To him and Joe. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and his trainer have been working at it, man. Him and Joe Cantillary, and yeah, uh, they seem to have uh, the same have the combination of yeah to get them to go on a little a little bit further. Totally. And uh, did did we get a like did did Starling have a have an issue throughout the day? I don't even I don't think I saw him during the night show. No, I honestly I I'm not 100 percent sure. I know I saw his bike over there for a little bit, and yeah, um, I think he's been he's been fighting a little bit of uh, injury. I think from yeah, day two, if I'm not mistaken. So. Yeah, he had a he had a pretty good get off, so I wouldn't be surprised if that injury is starting to bother him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, Carnow winning the uh, LCQ, I think one of my favorite things in Supercross right now is how excited Logan Carnow is to make mains. Um, <laughs> like, I, yeah, he does the like the triple quadruple fist pump, point to the sky, uh, hug the mechanic. Um, like he, he oh, and like justifiably so. Like, hey, I am in no position to uh, to win LCQs, and I would be probably like just like just losing my mind the same way. But I, I, it's like I love that Logan. Like he, he gives no fucks. He celebrates. He's pumped. He's fist pumping. He's 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 he makes racing dirt bikes look like a fun job to have. He's on that uh, um, PRMX team, PRMX uh, Kawasaki team. I believe this is their third his, his third year with the team actually, which is I think that's the longest uh, standing member with the team. They've been uh, working well together. Um, and also a uh, qu- quick note to uh, a shout out to um, Scott Champion coming back. Champ was back. With the Rockwell team, yeah. they had two guys in the main event, yeah. um, which uh, they're like making up for lost time of for earlier in the season not getting those bikes in the main event. They're going two bikes in the main event this this uh, this past weekend. Uh, Scott was, I think, up until recently working at uh, um, what's it called? There, uh, one of the tracks, Oak Hill, in uh, in Texas. He was doing some schools and just like instructing and stuff like that, sort of laying low. He gets the phone call from uh, Chris Elliott over at Rockwell, uh, most likely felicitated by uh, Dave Derringer at um, MX Culture, because of course, uh, if you know, if you didn't know, not la- I think last year and the year prior, uh, Champ rode um, Dave Derringer's personal Yamaha 450 in Supercross uh, on the East Coast um, for select rounds, and uh, yeah, they're they're fans of each other, so good to see champ get back and he's just got a he's got a ball of skill that just uh um often unpolished because i i feel like he's he like much like a, a lot of other privateers scott has a hard time getting his feet planted in a great program and stay there for long enough to really make it work for him but um good on him for uh um getting into the main event and uh dicing it up with carson brown most definitely, yeah. Um, I was over hanging out the, at the Rockwell rig this weekend and had a chance to talk to Scotty a little bit. And he seems like he's 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 driving driving pretty well with the team. And were you eating? Um, you know, Derringer's, with yeah, eating eating <laughs> most likely because you know best, he has a habit of going over there the and taking all their awesome food. Best so best good. food in the pits. Really really cool crew. Everybody's super nice. Um, really really good good family vibe over there. But um, yeah, he seems like he fits the team well. He's comfortable. Um, he like he likes the the crew, likes the uh, likes the bikes on and stuff like that. So, um, you know, uh, I, I, I imagine that he's gonna do he's gonna start climbing up the the, the roster a little bit more oh, as he sure. gets more familiar with the bike and team. And um, champions, he's a really good rider. He's used to making main events. Um, you know, he's used to some some pretty decent finishes. So, 
Um, I think him and Mitchell Harrison, we'll start seeing those guys start to ascend the ladder a little bit. And you know, Mitchell had that tenth last weekend, and I think he can he can turn that into a um, a pretty a pretty stellar season if they uh, get their bikes to hold up and uh, and, and put their heads down and, and, and ride their bikes. Man, I, I think we can both do it for sure. And like knowing that, uh, I think Scott probably got the call to be on the team the Tuesday prior to Anaheim too. So he's like he's he's got maybe like collective like eight hours of ride time maybe on if that on the on the Yamaha uh in, in race trim or even practice trim um in like in the, the component cluster that they have over there at Rockwell so as he becomes more acquainted with that uh setup I think his, his lap times will drop and the results will improve um high watermark for him I think is around the 15 16th spot uh which is a little bit of an improvement from where he's currently at uh, but if you're playing fantasy moto, definitely a guy to look for because he's just got he's got um, a skill level that um, it very much like a Jerry Robin. Like he he can go fast, he can put down that lap, uh, and with a good start, he can hang on to it. Um, I couldn't even begin to tell you where his fitness is at uh, as far as race pace goes. Maybe that's something else he'll uh, suffer from a little bit. But uh, honestly, like Scott's also one of those guys you don't look at. You look at him and you're like, is he in shape? You don't even know. A lot of those guys have riding shape. Like they just go and go and go and go. Um, they might not be a, a total beast in the gym like me, but uh, they just got that ability to, to ride for 30 <laughs> minutes. There's no way you'll get me to ride a dirt bike for 30 minutes unless it's sitting on the stand and I'm just talking to you in the pits. But... Um, <laughs> um, yeah, like it's uh, Scott's got uh, um, he, he like he'll he'll have better days, and same thing with uh, Mitchell Harrison. I think with a good start um, and uh, riding with the guys he's familiar with, I think that Mitchell Harrison can battle with the Sean Cantrells, the Garrett Marchbanks, and the, uh, the, the certainly the Chris Bloses of the world. So uh, I would expect him uh, somewhere in the top ten. Uh, for the rest of the series, uh, as long as the bike stays together, which I expected to, um, that amount of bad luck to start a, a season is just completely unheard of, um, and I, don't, I, I wouldn't expect more of that. Of course, the things bad things can happen, but uh, I, th- I think uh, um, as far as uh, like crappy luck to, for a season, I think uh, um, Rockwell has had their share so far. So I, I wouldn't expect uh, too much else to be thrown their way that, uh, this season. Yeah, I, I definitely hope not, especially for for that group since such a good group of guys, and they really yeah. make sure they, they keep yeah, their guys food. happy. And yeah, yeah, they, they have good food. Um, but yeah, they, they they work hard to make sure their team has everything that they need to be successful. So um, yeah, I, I don't I don't suspect we'll see those guys uh, fall off the radar um, in terms of bad finishes. I think they're they're um, they, they could have some good ones here right now. I'm I'm, I'm really confident that a uh, the champion in Harrison can get the job done and uh, put those Rockwell Yamis in some good spots. Fair enough. So, um, and uh, so, and I'm going to spring this on you uh, last minute here, last few seconds of the podcast. Um, give me, if you could, um, 450 Supercross uh, rider who has surprised you the most, and I, I think that maybe that's uh, automatically Cooper Webb. Um, uh, give, give me for both classes somebody that surprised you, and give me somebody who who is in dire need of a breakout ride. Like who needs to have a fantastic San Diego or and or uh, Minneapolis to sort of right the ship, change the way their season's trending. Who are those two guys for you? Starting with the 450 class. Ooh, for this, uh, I'm gonna have to say I'm gonna have to go get the grain and say Marvin Muskin. 
for this past weekend because I kind of wrote him off after the first couple of races. I, I thought, uh, I think I even said it, that it looks like everyone's going so much faster than, than he is. And he kind of stays stagnant maybe in the off season where these guys kind of whipped it up a little bit. And he made me eat my words this past weekend, man. He was, he looked super fast. He looked faster than Tomac, faster than Baggett, faster than Cooper, faster than Roxon. And I mean, he, he ate up that, that pretty big gap in a matter of a lapse. So um, I did not expect that. I'm, I'm stoked to see that Marvin has not lost speed, that he can run just as fast as the other guys. Um, and again, it, it keeps adding in that who's going to win factor. You know, there's, there's more parity, more uncertainty about who's going to win. So uh, for that, I appreciate Marvin. And, and I think yeah, he definitely surprised me. Um, one guy that definitely needs a, a pretty good breakout, I'd have to go back to Justin Hill, man. I think he's on too, too good of, a, of equipment right now. To, uh, to be getting, you know, 14th and not being consistent, at least in the top 10, um, battling guys like Brayton or Barsha or, or Reed or something like that. I think he, uh, I think he's talented enough, has a, a, the bike that's good enough that can, that can really get him to the, to a, to a top spot. You know, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. Yeah. Um, he's technically yeah, he's like the number I, one I guy on. Exactly. He's like, like, if you want to call it seven big teams, cause the KTM has got two teams. Uh, one being R- R- RMC, TVFC, uh, uh, KTM, and then their factory team. So there's seven big teams. He's the number one guy on Suzuki's big team. I think, like, like as far as uh, skill wise and where his high water mark is for the champ- championship above Chad Reed. I do believe that. I think that uh, of those two guys, uh, who should be the number one guy or who should be at the front of those two guys is Justin Hill. So that being said, he should be around seven eighth place every single weekend. We haven't seen that yet. No, we haven't. And um, yeah, I, you said it, man. I, I, I definitely think he expects to be there. I think his team expects him to be there, if not better. Um, and we, we, we just haven't Maybe eighth seen it, if man, you so. include Brayton. Brayton Honda has two teams too, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Hopefully, he turns it around for San Diego. I mean. I, I I think he likes that track. He's he's done well there um, in the past when he was on the Cali team, PC. Um, so and Suzuki um, last year. Yeah, yeah, Suzuki last year. Yeah, so chasing um, chasing down I, I AC. Think, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he made the uh, made the pass there. So his one um, win on the year. I think I think he can do. It. I think I think he can still turn his year around and still salvage a pretty decent SX season. But whatever is holding him back, me has got to figure it out and get the job done quick. Fair enough. And uh, for two uh, fifties, who's your surprise? And you can't say Colt Nichols. Ah, oh, damn it. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Jacob Hayes. I didn't expect him to be as uh, as sturdy in the Supercross series as he is right now. I thought for sure he'd have a little bit more of a uh, like I guess the learning curve, some growing pains in the class. But seems to be holding his own. Like he knows what he's doing, and uh, I'm very surprised to see what he does um, in the next couple of races here. Should be, should be pretty interesting. Fair enough. I think uh, I think that's a, a fair statement. Um, I, I won't let you say um, who who I think you're gonna say. Uh, who <laughs> needs to have like out of these two guys? Who needs to crack the top five more? Michael Mosman or uh, Garrett Marchbanks? Uh, I would say Mike Mosman because at least you know second um, year March. Yep, second year, still, still, kind of, still fresh. You know, he's a Supercross rookie. Um, he's not. He's, he's yeah, Marchbanks is, is a super. 
No, I, I, I said Mosman. Oh, no. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying going back oh, to... Oh, yeah. To like, Garrett, to like Mark Spanks is yeah. a rookie. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a, he's a rookie. So um, I think he... Um, I think he he can get away with this stuff. I don't want to say that you're allowed to, to do, have. Yeah, you're, you're reason, given yeah, not he, a whole year, yeah, but you're given he, a, he got, a got little a bit of grace. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where Moseman, it's like, man, you've been in this class for a little bit. You're on arguably one of the better 250 teams. Um, you know, you, you know what you're doing. You've been pro for a bit. You need to be in the it's top to five. It's, um, yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's time. You can't mm-hmm. you can't afford to uh, to be in the seventh where. Uh, you know, like a guy like McAdoo, who is really, who's pretty new to the bike and new to the team with last minute addition, um, is beating you where, you know, and, and, and Moseman had a much better off season, a longer off season, more time to prepare. Um, he's been on, on that bike for a little bit. Um, I think it's over maybe year, year and a half, two years. So yeah, he should be super comfortable with what he's on and, and, and be up there. No excuses. So I think Moseman needs a lot more. Yeah, he does. I think you're totally right. Um, yeah, I, I just uh, it, it's time to go for uh, for for guys like Mike Mosman, for guys like Sean Cantrell. Uh, these guys need to be um, nipping at the heels of like like like, and honestly, like, for 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 those two guys and like uh, and like a much better day, night for uh, Cameron McAdoo this last weekend getting sixth. But honestly, like you need to, those guys need to be going back to the truck, seeing that they got beat by Jacob Hayes and being like. I just got beat by a three-digit dude. Like he might be last year's champion in Arena Cross, but like I'm on a full factory team. Like I, I'm hired to like at very least beat that guy. And uh, that, yeah. like if 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 I'm one of those guys, um, it's it's eating me up inside to see the uh, the 156 uh, likely ahead of me in points and uh, ahead of me in uh, uh, e- even one race. So. Um, yeah, I, I think the, like those guys need to uh, just be ahead of that guy. Um, I think it's actually fin- uh, amazing this this weekend um, will basically be a home race for both Sean Cantrell and uh, Michael Mosman. I think Mosman originally was NorCal, if I'm not mistaken, but then for the last while has lived in Southern California. He's living in Menifee, which is only minutes away from where I was, where I was staying in Lake Elsinore last year. And uh, from my as far as I as far as I know, Sean Cantrell is from Marietta, California. Uh, so that's like what maybe an hour and fifteen minutes from the San Diego Stadium. So um, yeah, safe close. to say those guys might be getting hit up for some some tickets this weekend. Uh, maybe maybe uh, riding for the fans a little bit. So uh, if you're playing fantasy moto, uh, I don't know if you, how which way you want to go for that. If, if uh, the added pressure of some friends and family would uh, um, negatively affect the results, or if it gives you that extra boost to uh, have the race of your life. But uh, however you want to flip that coin, uh, like kind of. Take that info as you will, but uh, yeah, uh, a couple of ba- battles of uh, a couple of kids that likely raced against each other a fair bit growing up. Michael Mosman and uh, Sean Cantrell set to do battle this weekend in San Diego. Uh, before I let you go on a podcast that's lasted a little bit longer than expected, but I like to keep you up past your bedtime. Give me a uh, podium <laughs> prediction for San Diego uh, Supercross, both starting with the two fifties and finishing off with the four fifties. Go. Uh, I'm gonna have to say uh, Colt kind of rebounds and gets uh, first with AC second, and I like Ferrandis in third. I think 
Brandis' starts are suffering just a little bit. So I think uh, not that a top three is bad, but when you go up against AC and Nichols, you, you got to you gotta be perfect with, with it. Um, 450s, um, I'm, that one's going to be tough. That one's going to be super tough. Um, I like Marvin. I think he's he's going to get a spring in his step after last weekend. Um, and with Eli Tomac in second, I want to say Roxon kind of figures it out and get perhaps a third spot. There you go. There you go. I like you're you're usually pretty good with getting a, a barometer on this stuff. Um, your, your predictions are usually on point, so uh, hopefully people who are playing uh, some fantasy uh, can take that into consideration, as well as if you're playing that uh, the Rocky Mountain fantasy, that definitely uh, applies there as well. Uh, Dave, uh, before I let you go, uh, I know I mentioned that before the last time I said something, but um, yeah, let people know where they can go to uh, take part in the collective experience and support the business that you run. Uh, it's a fantastic service. You guys do an amazing job. And, uh, yeah, I want to see it be successful. Oh, no, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, any, everyone can check out thecollectivexp.com. Check us out on Instagram at thecollectivex. Um, send us a, an email at a contact at thecollectivexp.com. Ask us questions, send us requests. Um, we're more than happy to help out. We've got several different programs, whether you just want to be a fan, fly on the wall, kind of part of a team, or actually get your foot in the door working for, uh, for someone in the industry. So, um, yeah, we're here to make sure that everyone gets hooked up as best as they can and, uh, and help the sport grow. I like it. I like it. Um, well, I appreciate you uh, spending some time with us on the phone, my friend. Uh, as always, it's a pleasure. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, We'll cut it off right there. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Radio Podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by Maxima USA, proven under the toughest conditions. The Collective Experience. Access your dreams at thecollectivexp.com. Sickwicks candles, soy candles, and wax melts for moto fans like you. Medterra CBD. Our CBD, your health. Find out more at medterracbd.com.